Let me encourage you this morning to find your sermon notes. Follow along if you want. Talk about it, pray about it later this week, maybe at lunch, maybe uh, later in the week so that you don't forget. Most importantly, live on what you hear today. So let's begin with this. How many of you, adults now and kids you can answer as well, but how many of you ever belonged to a club? Anybody ever belonged to a club? How many of you were, say, like in scouting? That's kind of a club. Uh, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, those kinds of things. How about sports? That's kind of a club. All right, the number of you. How about drama? It's a club, right? The group of people like-minded that come together. How many of you were in a neighborhood club? Any neighborhood clubs? How many of you were in a secret club? Right? Right? You can't tell me because then you'd have to kill me, right? So some of you are in secret. You know how it is when you're a kid. And, you know, the great thing about secret clubs, you can invite whomever you want, right? So you have a lot of power. These guys are in because I like them or we have things in common. These guys are out because they don't like them or we don't have a lot in common. So you have a lot of power over who is going to be in the club. We all want to belong, don't we? We all, we all want to belong to something. We don't just want to be by ourselves. Life has so much more meaning when we are in it together. So we know what it is, too, to be on the outside. Anybody ever not get invited to a club? Yeah, me too. How many of you uh, ever didn't get invited to that special party? Yeah. Everybody else in the class got invited, or all the kids on the block got invited, but for whatever reason, you know, you didn't get chosen. How about for, for a team on the playground? Remember those? Right, I'll pick Johnny because he's always the best. Right, then Bobby, he's next because he's really good too. And then you get all the way down to the end of the line, and if you're not so good at that particular sport or the way it was for me when I, when I was uh, in third grade, I went to a little Lutheran school, one-room schoolhouse. We had 16 kids, one through eight. So we didn't have enough in third grade to really be viable anymore. So we went to the next Lutheran church, Lutheran school, just four miles away, not very far at all. But it seemed like the gulf across the ocean. All these kids now, you're getting to know them, and because they don't really know you very well, you don't get picked. You don't get chosen. We all know what it's like when we are left out. There was one uh, pastor friend of mine, his name is Will. Will was about seven years old, and he felt that whole sting of being rejected. His older brother and the friends in his neighborhood, they formed a secret club. And little Will, he's seven years old, he wants to be in really, really badly. And so every day, he asks, can I be in the club? And the answer is, no, you're too little. The next day, can I be in your club? No, you're too little. Can I be in your club? No, you're just a little nerd. Can I be in your club? No, you're a spoiled brat. Can I be in your club? Finally, he says the magic words. I'll do anything, right? Because that's how we feel. I'll do anything, whatever it takes. I'll pay the price. Just name it. Well, you know he's in trouble now, right? 
The older brother says, this is what we're going to do to prove that you have the courage, that you are brave enough to be in the club. So they had this old garage, and there were some steps on the outside, some old wooden steps, and they climbed up the steps. And he said, all you have to do to be in the club is jump off. That's it. Show you're brave enough. Well, you know what's going to happen, right? Little seven-year-old, he jumps off from these stairs. They're almost about 10 feet tall. He jumps down, and he shatters his ankle. So now he can't play, he can't go outside, he can't do anything for about six months. And it just goes to prove that so often, people who are on the inside are reluctant to bring in those on the outside. And we've been there too when we have our group or our club, even our small group, we don't want others to join in. Changes the entire dynamic. But it also shows that very often in these exclusive clubs, when you join, it's more painful for you than it was for those in the club, right? We all know what it's like to be on the outside, and we all want to be on the inside. I heard about this club. It's called the Key Club in Argentina. Anybody ever hear about this? Key Club? Key Club, well, it's an exclusive club. You have to pay an exorbitant fee just to be considered. Then you have to be interviewed. And over about a three-month process, they vet you. And then if you are finally accepted, then they tell you where it is. They don't even have an address until you get in. That's pretty exclusive. Then there's this club I've heard called the Packers. Has anybody ever heard of these guys? The Packers Club? I don't really get it. You know, you have to wait like 50 years or for somebody to die before you can even get in. I don't know what's going on there, but... Then there's this other one. It's, it's in London. It's called the Hertford Club. Only billionaires, royalty, and celebrities can get in. Anybody belong to that one? No? Me either. I, I applied. Did not get in. We all know what it's like when we are excluded. Well, let's go back now to our text for today. Over these next eight weeks, we are going to take a look at the Beatitudes. Blessed. It begins, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' day, people thought this was an exclusive club, that it would be very, very difficult to get into. Like anything else, you have to pay a price, you have to have the right pedigree, you have to do the right things, <clears throat> know the right people in order to get in. So people had two ideas. One was that you had to be a Jew. <clears throat> so let's just take, take a poll here. How many of you have Jewish lineage. Anybody? One? Two? I saw, thought I saw a hand. Almost all of us would be excluded, wouldn't we? Unless you were descended of Abraham, so it was thought, so it was believed. Unless you were circumcised, unless you became a part of the nation of Israel, unless you followed all the rules and laws of Moses, so it was thought you couldn't get in to the kingdom. So you have to have the right lineage, the right pedigree, but you also have to do all the right stuff. Now, we're familiar with the Ten Commandments, correct? Raise your hand if you've ever heard of the Ten Commandments. Okay, do you want to say them to me? No? Well, you know what they are, right? Even if we can't recite them. Uh, they're the basics. We know that. And so the people in order to stay pure or, or holy or, or separate from everyone else and to honor God, 
uh, they follow the Ten Commandments, very much like we do today. But they then began to increase the amount of laws based on the Torah, first five books there in the Bible. And if you read through that, you'll see there are all kinds of rules. Rules how to dress, how to work, when not to work, how much work you could do on the Sabbath, which was Saturday, Sunday for us. Even what to do to purify or cleanse yourself if you ever touched a dead body, because you never know when that might happen, right? So they had rules for all of that, 613 rules in all. So how do you think you would do? Anybody think they could keep all 613? I don't think I could remember all 613 rules. But so it was thought that's the only way you can get in, be a descendant of Abraham, follow all the rules, and then you can get admitted into this club called the kingdom of heaven. Well, one of the most righteous people ever, his name was Paul. You remember Paul? St. Paul was Saul. He's a Jew. He is of the the greatest reputation. People have the most respect for him. He follows all the rules. And he says this, basically that no one will ever get in. Why? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This club would be so exclusive that it would have exactly zero people in it. And then Jesus comes along and he says, you have got it all wrong. This is an extraordinary club, but I have come so that everyone could be included. Jesus came from heaven to earth, lived that perfect life, keeping not only the Ten Commandments, but all 613 rules perfectly so that you and I and everyone else could be admitted to the club. But still, it's a special club. And the people who join it have certain attributes or qualities. Those are listed in our reading for today. Take a look there at your notes. I didn't list all of them, but here are a few. Let's see if you would qualify. All you have to do is be blessed. Remember, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, and on and on and on and on. So, how many of you think that you would qualify? Raise your hand. What? Only a couple of you? Do you, do you want to be poor, anybody? Eh, not really. Merciful, maybe we could, we could do that. Mourning, is that a fun thing? Some of you are going through that. Not very pleasant, is it? Peacemakers, parents, is that a lot of fun? Seems like all you do some days is try to keep the peace. How about this, persecuted? Anybody want to sign up for that? I didn't write this in there, but insulted. Let's just try that one, okay? Turn to the person next to you and say, you are an ugly so-and-so. Can you do that? And then the other person, say to them, thank you. Can you do that? That's not what we do, is it? 
But Jesus says, blessed are those who are, who are insulted. And not just insulted, but insulted because of him. And falsely accused of doing evil. Does that feel good? When someone accuses you wrongly? I mean, it's one thing if you, you've done something wrong, but when they accuse you of something that you have never done, when they lie about you. And yet Jesus says these are the qualifications in order to belong to the kingdom. You see, as Christians, we so often misunderstand what it means to be blessed. There's a pastor by the name of Tim Keller, and a number of years ago we did a, a sermon series based on one of his books on the prodigal son, because that's also a part of Scripture that's so often misunderstood. And Pastor Keller does, a, I, I think, a really good job of making it clear. So, he tells in another book about a time when he was in one of his uh, first churches. So it was a small church, and it was in rural Virginia. So think very poor community. Now, in a lot of small churches, the pastor, when he gets there, and, and I did this as well in my first church, we had about 300 people, was it. And you just go visit everybody because there isn't really much of anything else going on. <laughs> you just go visit people, and you get to know them. Well, he not only did that, but he went to see all the people in that little community, many of whom were very poor. So he tells about, there's this one lady, she was a single, <coughs> a single mother, excuse me for just a minute here, <coughs> I'm going to drink a water. So he goes to see this, this single mother, she is extremely poor. She has a number of kids to take care of all by herself, and she's depressed. Very depressed and very lonely because of her situation, and she feels hopeless. She felt like she had the weight of the world upon her shoulders, and there was absolutely nothing that she could do about it, and she was considering taking her life. When he visits with her, he has a leader of the church along, and they simply Tell what you heard last Sunday. The good news. That God loved us so much that he sent his son. He sent Jesus here on earth, first of all, to live the law perfectly because we never could, and then to die on the cross. Pay for all of our sins so that we would be accepted and loved by the Lord. And he went on to tell her that there was nothing that she could ever do, nothing that she had ever done, regardless of her past life, that would change God's mind. That he would always love her. She couldn't say anything to change his mind. She couldn't think anything to ever change his mind. And that there was a place in heaven already waiting for her. For the first time in her life, she had this, this hope for a better future. She was filled with joy. She was brought to tears by the good news. Well, a week later, Pastor Keller returned. He wants to see how she's doing. He's following up with her. And as soon as they open the door and she lets them in, she just bursts into tears and he asks her, what's wrong? He said, well, I called my sister to tell her the good news, how Jesus accepts me for for who I am, and it doesn't matter what I've done in the past, that he loves me and he died on the cross to save me. And she laughed at me. 
She said, who do you think you're fooling that a God could love a stupid, immoral person like you? And she went on to say that it cannot be that easy. It can't be that simple that anyone could just repent of their sins and that God would love them. And even if they died right after that, that he would take them to heaven. It just doesn't work that way. Now, if you're Pastor Keller, what are you going to do? What would you say to this woman who had heard the good news for the first time, who had hope for the first time, who had joy for the first time, and now had a sister who dashed it all? You know, the tragic thing about that story is that there are many Christians who think the same way. Too easy. Too simple. Grace is a gift. You don't have to do something. You don't have to live rightly. You don't have to show up in church an amount of time. You don't have to act a certain way. Well, Pastor Keller did what hopefully all of us would do. He reminded her once again of a Jesus who said, I didn't come. <laughs> I didn't come for those who were well, but for the sick. I didn't come for the righteous, but I came for sinners. That he humbled himself. He came in, in meekness to save all people. You see, the only qualification for us, the only thing that we can offer to God is nothing. You remember that Old Testament reading? I was watching Charlie read this from over here, and some of you kind of squirmed a little bit, didn't you? When it talked about those who had made sacrifices in the Old Testament. And it said those who offered a bull, because that was a prescribed sacrament or sac sacrifice in the Old Testament, it was the same as if they had killed a person. And your mind's probably spinning and thinking, what? I thought God commanded them to sacrifice bulls and goats and lamb. And a person did that, and, and God said it's like killing a person. Or it was like breaking the neck of a dog. I mean, how cruel is that? Or the blood of pigs. You remember the reference? This was an abomination to the Lord. Jews were not to go anywhere near pigs, let alone eat it. And God said, your sacrifice is like bringing the blood of a pig to me. That's an abomination. The whole point was this. God doesn't care about your sacrifice. If you are trying to get into the club... God doesn't care how often you show up here in worship if you're only doing it to earn points. God doesn't care about your offerings, about the amount of money that you give, or how much you serve if you're doing it to impress Him. He only wants you. And there's nothing that you can offer to the Lord Nothing. 
that makes you so special that you deserve to get to the cloud. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who realize that they have absolutely nothing to offer, those like you who repented in front of this altar a few minutes ago, who recognize that you are a poor, miserable sinner, and all you truly deserve from the Lord is punishment, who simply throw yourselves on the mercy of our God. That's what that word poor means. There's two kinds of poor in the New Testament. One is the, the day laborer who has to scrimp and to save just to get by. And the other is the beggar who can do no work at all and simply is on his knees asking for those who go by for a handout. The good news is that we have a God who not only gives us the scraps, he only doesn't just give us a handout, but he gives us everything that his son has inherited for us, all the blessings, and that's what the Beatitudes are all about. God says, you are my child, not because of your lineage, but because I have adopted you to be my child. God says you are worthy, not because of what you, you have done, but because of what Christ has done. God says you don't have to shed your blood, but because Jesus already has. The sacrifice has been made, and all the good things of heaven are already yours. Blessed are the poor in spirit, who, re who recognize that everything is a gift, Congratulations is what it's really saying. You already have God's favor. Let me close with this. Let me ask you, how many of you are baptized? If you've been baptized, raise your hand. Most of us have. How many of you remember your baptism? A few of you. I was baptized when I was two weeks old. I remember none of it. And that's a blessing. Now, don't feel excluded. I'll get to the rest of you later. <laughs> How many of you do not remember your baptism? Raise your hand. It's a blessing. How many of you who do not remember your baptism have seen one? Where'd the font go? <laughs> Disappeared. <laughs> How many of you have seen a baptism? Raise your hand. What a blessing. You see the parents of an, of an infant or a small child and they bring that kid up here and the pastor pours the water over their forehead or over their head and they say, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. They say that they are now a child of God and they make the mark of the club, which is the cross on the forehead and on the heart. Let me ask you, what did that child have to do with their baptism? Say, absolutely nothing, nothing, nothing. It's a gift. Just like that child didn't say, Mom and Dad, before I'm born, could you just have me? They had absolutely nothing to do with their birth. They had absolutely nothing to do with their rebirth. Nothing to do with their adoption as a child of God. Nothing to do with this blessing. 
And whenever that child, no matter the age, begins to wonder, am I really a part of the club? Am I really loved? All they have to do is remember, first their name. It is their Christian name. But also the sign of the cross, which marks them as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. Now, what about all of those of you who remember your baptism? Who chose to become baptized? In the very same way, you were dead in your sin. And you could do absolutely nothing about it except throw yourself on the mercy of God. And though you chose then to become baptized, the Holy Spirit had already worked faith in your heart. God had already adopted you as his child. You are already redeemed by the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross. For those who feel like, well, I didn't get to choose, you get to choose every single day. You chose to come to worship this morning, not to earn points, but to be strengthened, to hear the words of forgiveness to be encouraged by one another, and then to go out what we're going to do here in just a little bit, and that is to live the life of a disciple. And you will be blessed because of what you do in response to what God has already done for you. So, congratulations. You did absolutely nothing <laughs> to earn God's favor. And yet he has given it to you. I pray that you, you would continue to be poor in spirit. And each week as we go through one of these blessings, you'll learn more about what it is to, to live out the life of one who is in the club. But the, the best part about it is that it is not exclusive. All of those who are not yet in the club, Christ died for them too. They just don't know it yet. Or they don't, don't appreciate what God has already done. And so over these next eight weeks, we'll not only hear the good news, but we'll go out and live it and share it so that God's club might grow. Amen? Amen. Let's so all rise now and make profession of our faith.